Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we're going through the Word of God, and we're looking specifically at the Gospel of Luke, and we want to look and see specifically what the Word of God tells us about Jesus, because so oftentimes many of us operate under a wrong conception about Jesus Christ, even for those of us who've been in a church for a long time. So, you know, I've been a believer for 25 years. I haven't been a pastor all of those years. A lot of times I sat just like where you are, listening to messages. And, and as you listen to the messages, you hear a lot of different things. You hear, hear about how you should live and how you should do this and how you should do that. And you hear about this to do this for the, your marriage and this for your kids and so forth. But, you know, as you think about it and as I thought about it, as reflecting back on all those messages, a lot of times there is an assumption in the messages that you already know everything there is to know about Jesus. And the reality is, is a lot of us, all we know about Jesus is, is that he died for us. He did miracles. And we remember the stories, the Sunday school stories and so forth. But there's a whole lot more to Jesus than either any of us know. He is so multifaceted. He's actually very complex. And when you begin to understand who he is, you really have a decision you have to make. You have to make a decision about what you're going to do with Jesus. Are you going to listen to him? Are you going to live in accordance with the ways that he wants you to live? Or are you just going to do your own thing? Because, you know, we live in a generation where we, we like buffet-style Christianity. Have you noticed that? Where you pick and choose what you want. I love buffets. You know, the more fried stuff, the better. No vegetables, though. And, and those mashed potatoes with that dark, rich, cholesterol-causing gravy. But isn't that the way we act with our Christianity, though? I think the reason why, my friends, we do that is because we don't truly understand who Jesus is. And when you completely understand who he is and what he's done, it's going to radically change you. And you're going to pay attention to what he says. You're going to learn what he says. And so what we want to do as we enter into Luke now is we want to grasp an understanding of who Jesus is. And what we're going to see today is, folks, he's more than just a teacher. Now remember, we saw that the folks in his hometown of Nazareth didn't react very good to him. At first they were kind of impressed with his teaching, but then when he made the statement that he was the Messiah, and then he reflected on the fact that their hearts were hardened, and the fact that they weren't open to what God wanted to do in their life, they wanted to kill him. Because he's speaking with an authority that they didn't understand. See, he's more than just a teacher. And we're going to see that today. We're going to see that this Jesus is not just some good moral teacher with a bunch of suggestions about how to live your life. He's God. He's Lord. He's King of Kings. And he has authority. So I want you to notice with me, we're going to look at verses 31 through 44 from Luke. Let's look and see what Luke records concerning Jesus. And he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbaths. 
And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. Now in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone! What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him in their midst, he came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is! For with authority and the power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report about him went out in every place in the surrounding region. Now he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon's house. But Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever, and they made a request of him concerning her. So he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she arose and served them. When the sun was setting, all those who had any that were with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid hands on every one of them and healed them. And the demon also came out of many, crying out and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. Now when it was day, he departed and came into a deserted place. And the crowd saw him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. Because of this purpose, I have... And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. We're going to see several things here today as we look at this passage, as we try to understand who Jesus is and, and broaden and, and get a correct concept of who Christ is. We're going to see, first of all, his authority. We're then going to move then and see his compassion. And then we're going to see what his mission is. So let's look, first of all, at his authority. Verse 31 to 32 says that he left Nazareth and went down to Capernaum. And as was his practice, here's what he would do. He would enter into the synagogue... And he began to teach. Now, the interesting thing, look with me at verse 31 through 32. Look at what happens there in verse 31. Excuse me, verse 32. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. When Jesus spoke, he spoke with authority. You say, well, wait a minute now. They had other teachers there, other, quote, preachers. Obviously, they would have spoken with authority. Not so. Let me explain to you what the Jewish tradition was. Whenever a rabbi would get up in the synagogue and teach, or whenever a scribe would get up and teach from the law, from the scriptures, what we would call the Old Testament scriptures, here's what they would do. And there are actually a lot of pastors who do this today. They wouldn't get up and say, this is what it says. They wouldn't do that. What they would say is, well, there was a rabbi a hundred years ago, and this is what he said about it. And then there's this school over here, and this is what they say about it. And what they would do is, is they would not say what they thought it said. They would reflect upon what others had said before them. Now, when Jesus comes, he gets up in their midst. He doesn't even do that. In fact, to him, it doesn't even matter what everybody else said. He gets up and says what it says. He had authority. And they were amazed with that because when he spoke, you didn't have to worry about what view he held or whether he held this view or that view, he told you what it says. He spoke with authority. And they were amazed at that because that was completely different 
than anything else that they were able to understand as far as the reading and understanding of the Word of God. Now, can I tell you why he did that? Because to him it was an opinion. Because when he's sitting there and speaking it, and teaching with authority concerning the Scriptures, he's the one who moved the writers to write it. That's why he spoke. He spoke with an authority, and they were amazed at that. They were totally shocked at that. Because when he spoke, it was like you needed to pay attention to what he was saying. You didn't have to wonder whether or not he held this view or that view, or what view was out there. He told you what it said. He told you what it said. Now, I want you to notice something else about his authority. It wasn't just with the way that he spoke or the way that he taught. Notice with me, it's interesting because when he's in the synagogue there and he's teaching, there's a guy there. And this guy is possessed by a demon. And for whatever reason, some feel maybe the demon was just kind of uneasy in the presence of Jesus listening to this authoritative teaching. For whatever reason, the demon cries out of this man and cries out in fear about Jesus. And look at what the demon says. He cried out, verse 33, and he cried out with a loud voice saying, Let us alone! What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? So he knows who Jesus is. Did you come to destroy us? So obviously, this demon is recognizing some sort of power and authority in the life of Jesus here because obviously this demon is worried about what? Being destroyed. Look at what it says. I know who you are. What does he say? Now remember, he claimed to be the Messiah and they tried to kill him. Here, the demon doesn't need to wonder whether or not he is. He knows who he is. Look at what he says. You are what? The Holy One of God. Here's what's going on. He spoke with authority over demonic forces. He spoke with authority over demonic forces. Here's what I want you to see. You know, it's interesting because we live in an interesting time. Have you noticed the prevalence of the TV shows that are out there now? There's a lot of shows out there. You know, when I grew up, when you talk about witches, you talked about bewitched. You know, I mean, and that was a funny show, a family show, and everybody loved Bewitch and her wrinkling her nose and and doing. Some of you, some of you were younger, like, what are you talking about? The rest of us know what we're talking about, and and that was your extent of it. But now, when you turn on the television, there are all kinds of shows now, and it's almost like the reality is is that they want you to believe in the reality of demons but the reality that you see on television is is that they're these all-powerful forces and they are powerful but they're more powerful than God I'm gonna be honest with you my folks you can watch those but you're gonna get a wrong view of reality because here's the reality demonic forces are real they're here they tempt us they attack us they oppress us and some they possess I want you to understand something. There came one and there is one who is more powerful than any demon. And the reality is, is they know who he is. And they are fearful of him and they're fearful that he will what? Destroy them. And may I remind you, Christian, of what the Bible says? Greater is he who is within you than he who is in the world. What's that? God is greater than any demonic forces. And so here, we, we can get preoccupied with what television tries to tell us. And isn't it interesting, television tries to tell us a lot. But the reality is, 
is that Jesus, this Jesus, who has the authority to teach, also has the authority to tell a demon to be quiet and get out of him. It's interesting. When you look at the passage, look at what it says. He rebuked him, verse 35, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Now the demon, here's what he does. He tries to throw the guy down because the demon is always going to try to destroy. But God, in his miraculous word of telling him to come out, what? Even though he threw them in the midst of the crowd, the guy was unharmed. Isn't that God? Isn't that Jesus? He can do anything. He has authority over demonic forces. But Luke wants us to see several things here about Jesus. He wants us to see this guy has the authority to teach and speak with authority. He has authority over demonic forces. But you say, you know what, I'm not really worried about demonic forces, but there is something else we are worried about. Look with me now at verse 38 through 39. Here's what he says. When he arose from the synagogue and entered Simon Peter's house, but Simon's wife's mother was sick with a high fever, and they made a request of him concerning her. Simon's mother-in-law got sick. Now some of you, I, I, you, you probably want your mother-in-law to get sick. But here, here's the reality. I can, you can almost see Simon. His wife probably said, hey, you better talk to Jesus about this one. And so, of course, they went to Jesus. And here's what Jesus did. I want you to notice something. Jesus goes into the room. There she is sick. Look with me. Verse 39, he stood over her, and what did he do? He rebuked the fever. He didn't do anything. He just spoke, and it was done. Here's what I want you to see. He has authority over sickness. You might be here, and you say, well, you know, I'm not really worried about the demonic thing, but I'm going to be honest with you. You would be worried about sickness. I mean, you might claim, greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. I'm not worried about possession. I'm not worried about that, George, but... Be honest with you, when somebody tells you you're sick, and somebody tells you you're chronically sick, that's got your attention, hasn't it? I mean, it gets your attention about your health. I mean, let's be honest, the whole health care debate in our country, why is that a debate in our country? Because people are worried about what? Their health, and about being treated, and about being cared for. Here's what I want you to see about Jesus. Jesus is more than just a teacher. Jesus is more than just somebody who has... Influence and, and dominion and power over demonic forces. Jesus has power and dominion over what? Sickness. Where he can speak the word and it's gone. It's gone. Now let me just qualify that a little bit because somebody say, well, well, how come he didn't heal my sickness or how come he didn't heal my loved one? Let me explain something to you. It's not God's will to heal everyone. You understand? It's not God's will to heal everyone. For instance, if you go all the way over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, you may want to write this reference down. The Apostle Paul himself was struggling with such a problem in verses 7 through 10. He says to God three different times, God, take this away from me. And here's what God said to him. My grace is sufficient for you. Paul, I'm not taking it away. I'll give you grace to handle it. That's reality. That's reality. So we see his authority. He, has a, he speaks with authority. He has authority over demonic forces. He has authority over sickness. But there's something else I want you to see about Jesus, because here's the reality. You know what? You can have authority, and you can have power, but that's not all. I mean, that could not necessarily be a good thing, to have power and authority, because if without what we're going to see next about Jesus, then it's really not good. What we see about Jesus next is, is he has compassion, too. 
Isn't that wonderful? To know that there's somebody who speaks with authority, to know that there's somebody who has authority over demonic forces, to know that there's somebody who has authority over sickness, it, it, really, it really grabs you to realize that he has what? Compassion. What? Where do we see that? Look with me. We're going to look here at verse 40 to 41. So when the sun was setting, all those who had any that were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid hands on every one of them, and he healed them. And the demons came out of many crying and saying, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he, rebuking them, did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, people flocked to Jesus for healing. Here, let me help you to understand what we're reading here. It's the Sabbath. So it's Saturday. So on Friday night at sundown, until the sundown of Saturday, and this is true even today if you go to Israel today, they were restricted in what they could do. They could only travel a certain distance. They, they couldn't do any work. They basically just, it was the rest day. It was the Sabbath day. They were supposed to take their Sabbath day rest. They weren't supposed to carry any burdens. So here's Jesus doing this. He casts up this demon in the synagogue. So that's got people's attention. The passage, they were amazed that he did that. I'm going to be honest with you. Word's going to get out that he healed Peter's mother-in-law. And they waited until sundown to bring the sick to him. Now, why did they do that? Because of the Sabbath laws. They couldn't carry a burden. In fact, if you look at your Bible with me, let me show, point out something to you. In verse 40, it says this, And any were sick with various diseases brought them to him. Now, that word brought, our English word says brought, but it actually has a deeper meaning than that. It means to carry a burden. So literally, what the, what the Scripture is telling us is, is that these folks had to carry a burden. Their loved ones who were sick, they had to carry them to Jesus. So I've explained something to you. They couldn't do that during the Sabbath because they would be unlawful. So as soon as the sun set, guess what it says? They carried the burden of their loved ones to Jesus... To what? To be healed. People flocked to him. Look, let me explain something to you. Think about it and you think, boy, really, would they do that? Here, let me just stop for a moment. I want you to think about it. If Jesus came in here and taught, some guy gets up and starts screaming because the demon's in him. Jesus rebukes him, heals that guy of that demon possession. You then hear that Jesus rebukes the fever of a woman who's struggling with a fever who's sick. He heals wouldn't you bring your loved ones to him? That's what they're doing. They're flocking to him. Now, here's the other thing I want you to see. is that he healed every one of them. He healed every one of them. Look at what the passage says. And he laid hands on every one of them and healed them. Isn't that amazing? This is why I know he's compassionate. I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, I, after a while, I get kind of tired of things. Got people flocking into the place. And we know from the Gospels, we'll read it later, that when they flock, I mean, they're in this little one-room hut, probably at Simon Peter's house. People are bringing them in. We read later that there were so many people trying to get into where Jesus is at that we read about them literally taking off the roof to let a guy down so that they can be in front of Jesus. And guess what? He wasn't burdened by it. He had compassion for folks. And guess what? He healed every one of them. 
Isn't that amazing? Disease could not stand in his presence. He healed every one of them. And then the reality is, and look at verse C. Here's the thing. People aren't grasping it, but somebody else sure did grasp it. The demons knew who he was. The demons knew who he was. Look at that verse, what it says to them. Verse 41. And demons came out, many crying out, You are the Christ, the Son of God. And he rebuking them did not allow them to speak, for they knew that he was the Christ. They sure grasped the reality of who he was. Listen, folks, here's the issue. Can I be honest with you? Let's stop for a moment. We'll, we'll, we'll go on here in a second. We'll talk about his mission in a moment. But when we talk about his compassion, I'm going to be honest with you. You need to be thankful about his compassion. What do you mean, George? Can I be honest with you? If it wasn't for his compassion for you and I, there would be no salvation. There would be no cross. If he did not care deeply for you, there would be no forgiveness of sins. There would be nothing but punishment. That's reality. That's something that you and I need to grasp. And here's the thing. We struggle with who he is. We wrestle, even Christians, we wrestle with who he is. And the world sits there and wonders, who is this Jesus? Is he just some pathetic person who, who got killed? Some criminal? Let me tell you something. The demons knew who he was. They didn't just know him as just some nice miracle worker. They knew who he was because they knew he was God. And listen, some of us here today, you've got to grasp something in your life. Even for some of you Christians, listen to me. When you look at his authority and his compassion, we've got to move beyond just simply looking at him as Savior. We've got to start recognizing him for who he is as Lord. He's the God of the universe. And the demons trembled in his presence. See, so many of us, it's like, oh, Jesus, I want you for forgiveness, but I'm going to do my own thing. Why do we do that? Because we fail to grasp who he is. And he is Lord. He is King. He is God. And the demons sure didn't know who he was. Don't you think we need to start figuring it out? Don't you think we need to start figuring it out? So then, I want you to notice something now. He does that. He heals every one of them. Demons are fleeing from his presence at his word. And then verse 42 and 44 through 44 tells us something interesting. Look at verse 42. Now, when it was day. So obviously, hold on a second. He's healing them throughout the night. I mean, think about it. They're in a town. Everybody's bringing anybody who's sick. Word's gotten out. And he's healing them through the night. And when it was day, that is, when it got light, this is through the night this is happening. Look at what it says. When it got day, he departed and went into a deserted place. Here's what I want you to see. First of all, when we talk about his mission, the Father was the source of Jesus' power. The Father was the source of Jesus' power. What's going on here? He's healed through the evening. He's cast out demons. Here's what he does. In the morning, rather than going to bed, he goes and meets with God. Whenever you read in these Gospels that he goes to a secluded place, sometimes it will tell you that he prayed. The inference here is, is that he went to the one place that he could gain his strength from. Where? In the presence of the Father. You know what? Let me just stop for a There's a nice side note here for all of us here. Let me give you what the side note is. Some of us wonder how we're going to make it through the days, don't we? You wonder if you've got the strength and willpower to make it another day. Maybe stuff is rough at work. Maybe stuff is rough at home. Maybe stuff is just plain rough. And you're sitting there and you're wondering, how am I going to make it through the day? 
But you know what the problem is for us, folks? The last place we think of is to go to be with God. Because He's the one who strengthens us. He's the one who gives us strength. He's the one who gives us peace. And here's what Jesus did after having this confrontation. Let's talk that's what it is. A confrontation with sickness and demonic forces. The day comes. He's worked through the night healing people. Guess what he does as soon as he can? He gets alone with God. Why? Because God's the source of his strength. God's the source of his strength. You know, I'd like to say to you that I've learned that lesson. I've learned it, but do I apply it? Not necessarily. You know, I've shared with you before, you know, in my first church in Canada, we had some struggles there. And when, when churches struggle, it's not like just once every month or once a year that it happens. It's like an ongoing headache. And I can remember being in that little house there in that town, and, and Lori and I, and we still have this practice where we talk to each other every night. And I remember when we were in the midst of that, those problems. I would say to her, you, you go on to bed. I'm, I'm going to read and pray. And, 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 and I would be overwhelmed by the junk that happened that day. And junk happens in church, folks. If you've seen it and experienced it, you know it happens. And it's not pretty. And junk happens. And Lori would go on to bed. And I would pray. And I would say, God, I don't understand what's going on. God, you need to do something. God, you need to change people's heart. God, you need to move our church forward. And it never even entered in my mind leaving that church until about a week before we left, before I resigned. And I have a journal downstairs. I found a journal in my desk downstairs from that time period. And, and I looked at it and I thought, man, I was praying for the church a week before we made the decision to leave. And here's what God would do. God would never tell me what the next step would be, what the next day was going to be like. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm glad he didn't, because I couldn't have handled it. But I'll tell you what he did do. He gave me peace and strength. So you only get that from the presence of God. And here we have Jesus. He does the very same thing. He gained his strength and his power from what? The presence of the Father. The Father was the source of his power. But I want you to notice how people are. And we're just like them. Look with me. He went to this place. And here, here it is. And the crowd sought him and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the kingdom of God to the other cities also. Because of this purpose I've been sent. And he was preaching in the synagogues of Galilee. Here's his purpose. Here's his mission. Jesus was called to proclaim God's kingdom. You can't be too hard on those folks. I mean, if you had somebody in your midst that could heal and there would never be any sickness again in your community, wouldn't you want him to stay there forever? Jesus' flu season's coming up. Don't leave. Allergy time, Jesus. Isn't that right? I mean, you've got to understand them. They're not being totally selfish. I mean, yeah, they are being selfish, but we would be just like them. Don't leave. But here's what he says to them. Guys, I have to. This is the reason why I have to go to other cities. I have to go to other communities. Why? Because I am here to proclaim what? God's kingdom. And you're seeing it. You're seeing it. That's his mission. You know, there's an implication for us. Here's the thing. Jesus isn't just your personal Jesus. Let me say that again. You may want to write that one down. Jesus isn't just your personal Jesus. He isn't just there to give you strength for the day. He isn't just there to bring healing to your life. He's Jesus for everybody. That's what he's saying here. That's his mission. He's more than a teacher, isn't he? 
Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.